This is the Champions Coffee Podcast on the Vigo Podcast Network. On this show, we take 20 minutes to celebrate the champions behind higher education student support and experience. These are the individuals who are pushing the boundaries and changing student lives on a daily basis, and we get to hear their stories and their visions for the sector. Hello world and welcome to the Champions Coffee podcast where every week we have coffee with an education professional who is out there on the front lines championing students to be all that they can be. I am your host Ben Hallett and I am also the co-founder and CEO of Vigo. Vigo is a learning learner support platform that helps educators connect their students to their community of mentors, tutors, advisors, counselors and everything in between. At Vigo we believe in celebrating the professionals who make all of these services tick and an oldest student experience ticket at the uh, institution, and this is why that we do this podcast. So today, we are very lucky to be joined by Dr. Leanne Holt, who is a Warramai Burupai woman and Pro-Vice-Chancellor of Indigenous Strategy at Macquarie University. Now, Leanne has over 20 years' experience working in Aboriginal education and is quite passionate about providing better educational opportunities for Aboriginal people and communities. She is also the current chair and director of the Yadamuru Foundation, which aims for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children to be empowered through education, with schools and communities working together to provide the best opportunities for them to successfully progress from, through all their levels of schooling, and then also on to post-school pathways. Dr. Holt also recently launched a book, uh, Talking Strong, which tracks the development of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander education policy in Australia from early childhood through to higher education. And without further ado, I'd like to welcome Leanne. How are you today? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ben. Uh, it's great to have you. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, well, to jump in uh, to the podcast, I would love to kick off with, you know, an understanding for the audience of what life experiences motivated you to enter into the education space or, you know, what's motivating you to stay in the space? Yeah, um, like a lot of Aboriginal people, I um, I had a, uh, what would you probably call a non-traditional uh, pathway into higher education I um I, I actually I didn't finish school. I was I got to year eleven and then I was um I was it was suggested to me that school possibly wasn't the best option for me. I had just received a report to actually say um I was wasting the education system's money. Oh. So um, oh, <laughs> I wouldn't see that on reports these days, but <laughs> um I, I sort of sometimes joke and say like you know after spending over half my career now in education, I hope that that's still not the case. But, oh. um, <laughs> Um, but I went out and worked in administration and um, for for a period of time, and um, and then I started going to TAFE at night, uh, doing a diploma of human resources. And the Aboriginal mm-hmm. liaison officer there um, suggested that um, suggested like some job opportunities that um, that had come up. Um, in the public service and um, at that time uh, I had just met my husband and we were planning on getting married and and I thought oh public service would be good because when we have children I'll be able to get parental leave Um, (laughs) so um, that was a bit of the motivation to apply for public service roles and I applied for positions in department of housing and um, and the university and other and other positions and um it, I, so the position at the university was an identified position and um, and I was successful. And from the moment I stepped foot in the university, which was the first time I'd ever stepped foot on the university um, grounds, um, I just fell in love with education and, um, and what 
it like you know what it provided the opportunities that it provided to individuals but also communities and societies and um, particularly our, um, my, my Aboriginal society as well and mm. so um, so it was it was all uphill from there um, yep. I um, as I said when I went for my interview it was the first time I stepped foot on a university campus before wow. and um, within a um, and within days of me um, starting at the university, my role was to work with prospective students on um, uh, providing them with advice to come to university. So mm. <laughs> it was a bit ironic, but um, yeah. but I um, I started studying at university after that and went on to do um, a couple of master's degrees and then my PhD and um, and uh, and then yeah, I never imagined that I would be in a pro vice chancellor position but here I am (laughs) wow wow such an awesome story particularly with that you know that real damaging messaging at the very beginning from the education system to turn that all into the story you've now created that's awesome yeah and and can you tell us a little bit about um you know how you're currently thinking about student experience and success and at Macquarie and and how is that currently playing out in your work yeah um, so um, it, obviously, student success is is um, it is our primary focus when we're working with students. Um, so um, it's, the student experience is really important in that in that in that space. So um, what we what we have found is that uh, well, from my experience working with uh, with student experience, is that um, students come in. And um, and the most important part of their transition into a university space is building that sense of belonging and that sense of community. Um, mm. All of the support systems and all the support programs, um, I believe, are secondary to that, and actually come as a byproduct of the relationships that you're able that you develop and um, mm. with students between staff and students and between the university environment. So it's sort of like a build it and they will come sort of scenario that you build a, a positive. Um, environment for students that's conducive to um, students' success, um, mm. and then they will succeed. Um, yep. But I believe that sense of uh, building that sense of belonging and that sense of community is integral to to a positive student experience and a successful student experience. Mm. And so at Macquarie, that's been very much about very much our focus. Also, universities are very hierarchical sort of environments as well. Like, you know, you mm. come in and you've got doctors and professors and it's all a bit intimidating and daunting. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, trying to break down those, um, like, you know, those hierarchies that um, that create a daunting environment for students um, mm. and, like, you know, rather just walk beside students and share their student experience. And that's about sharing the challenges but also celebrating the successes as well. Um, yeah. and so how do you, how do we balance that to ensure that um, that we're creating that positive environment? Yeah, and, I, yeah. I love the um, the priority you put on relationships. I, I think that is so important. The uh, I, I really think the relationships, or you know, another word for it would be the social capital of of the higher education experience is that is the magic of universities. You know. You can get you can get content anywhere. You can get accreditation from lots of different places. But what makes higher education really special in my mind is the relationships that you get exposed to and how that those relationships change you and you change other people um, in that process. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think it's been, obviously, it's been really challenging um, in the last few years. And we're, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't I could say that. But I don't need to complain <laughs> anymore about that. Um, but like, you know, I, I, like as well as, like, you know, I talked about relationships between students and staff, but like, you know, just as important is the relationships between students themselves and with their peers. Yeah. And, um, and like, you know, I, when I walk across campus, particularly, um, like you know in the first semester um after orientation and and like you know if i'm walking sort of beside a student that's sort of walking by themselves i'll have a conversation with them and um and like you know i find that the students that have had the opportunity to meet other students in those early weeks um are the students that are thriving um the students that um Mm. have um like at the beginning of um, the beginning of the year there was because of the transition back onto campus some students were still studying online and um, and I spoke to a couple of those students and they hadn't had the opportunity to really um, get to know the other students um, as much as they would in a in a face-to-face um, forum and um, mm. and they were struggling a bit with the social side and, yeah. and and another another like you know I was really surprised because I led a um, I led a task force that looked at um, student resilience and student experience mm. um, at the end of last year coming into this year. And so we had consultants coming in and doing lots of focus groups with students and students. Uh, and I was surprised to see, even though I have had a long history in universities, I was surprised to see that students put just as much um, um uh, they are just as much importance um, on the social aspect as the academics aspect yeah. when it comes to transitioning to university. Um, mm. I would have thought that the academic aspect would have got a little bit of a higher yeah. uh, <laughs> ranking, um, but it was pretty much students consistently said that they felt that both were as important as the other. So, mm. again, I think that's an important message for us to listen to Um and so, so we're so we're adopting a lot of things at Macquarie, and one of the things out of that task force that um, that I um, proposed uh, was uh, more concentration on um, year one and yeah. um, and first year students, and it's something yeah. that like obviously is talked about a lot in in universities, but universities seem, seem to go through trends where something's mm. really like, you know, yeah. um, and then all of a sudden it sort of loses its <laughs> loses its shine and they want to sort of concentrate on something else. But um, I, I think that first-year experience is really important for building the foundations and building um, the sense of community and the sense of belonging that I talked about before, that first year is integral, building those relationships. Um, yeah, it, that first year is key. Um, yeah. And so, like, you know, we're at the moment at Macquarie working on a, um, a week one for year one too um, yeah. that um, that separates the academic side of orientation from the social side so that during the orientation students can just concentrate on the social side and the environmental side like you know getting to know the environment of the university Um, and then week one for year one will be um, more preparing the academic side and the expectations meeting their lecturers um, building that sense of community from a faculty or department cohort um, where orientation will be more about building that sense of community from a university cohort Um, and so I guess I'm building off what we've done in the Aboriginal space because this yep. was for all students, um, building off um, what we learnt 
from the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander space where um, we mm-hmm. adopted a first year program. And the year that we, the first year we adopted the first year program, we, um, the result of that was our retention rate grew from 68% to 91%. Um, Whoa. Yeah, it was single. <laughs> it was all built around building relationships. Wow. That is, that is, um, number one, I want to, um, celebrate uh the data focus there that is that is great uh you know we, we talk about all these initiatives so much but um not many people get to the data <laughs> at the end of it so that that's yeah, awesome yeah. and and that is what that has to be one of the most significant increases in, in student retention number i've ever heard of um and you know applying that across the rest of the university you know we all know that if you can change student retention by one percent it's not just impacting thousands of lives um and their you know their futures but it means a lot of money to the university in the bottom line. Like that's a huge. Yeah, definitely. And like, I mean, you talk about the data, but the data and evaluation is something that sort of a lot of the time um, it, like people don't get to because we're so busy within universities that we like, you know, as proactive as we want to be, um, we become very we yeah. become very reactive at times. And um, But it's really important. Like the data is really important. It's really important that we know what's going on and, that that um that data that I just gave you was pre-COVID. Now, now COVID like COVID has um mm. like you know has disrupted that um to yep. some extent. And now we need to reposition ourselves. And it's really important right at the moment that we look at what is the world looking like now and into the future because it's different to what it was three years ago. And yep. we need to understand what does that mean for universities, but what is more importantly, what does it mean for students and students' yep. progression and student success. Um, within universities but post-universities as well. So I think we're at a really key period of time at the moment that these things yeah. are really important for us to understand. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a new world. I I agree. And, and you know, with relationships being so important in, and integral to the, the outcomes um, and the experience of going through higher education, I think the data around those re- relationships is super important and that's something that, you know, my team really, really focuses on because often the data about how people are interacting with, you know, different services and different humans and the peer-to-peer and the mentor group and the the workshops, that data, it it is getting lost because those spaces are are playing out in, you know, cobbled together system here, cobbled together system there, on-campus thing here, WhatsApp group there. And we miss that. So we think a lot about that a lot about that, getting that data just to know, yeah. well, how is that someone's social capital and their resilience uh, and their network building or not? Uh, and what can we be doing to, to start helping yeah. them do that? But yeah, exactly. I, I have a feeling you and I can talk for. Yeah. It's about understanding them what to do with the data once you've got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I have a feeling you and I could, this, we could easily turn this into a one and a half hour podcast. Um, <laughs> but I, so I'm going to, I'm going to push us along here. Uh, but I'd love to. Um, I'd love to ask you um, uh, the question. My favorite question of the podcast, which is, what is a common misconception that you hear within the student experience space? Yeah, yeah, and and Ben, you and I have had a little bit of a conversation about this when we first met, and yeah. um, about like you know one of my areas that I that I, um, I put a lot of focus on to is around language and around um, mm. ensuring that we're using language that's not deficit and. That um, mm. that is like you know conducive again conducive to success and um, and so like you know I'm 
I'm very opposed to using the language of support um, and um, and that's not because I'm opposed to the concept of support, obviously. Um, but I think that we could use, I think we can use better language that reflects the breadth of what we do. And I um, and so um, from an, I'll talk from an Aboriginal perspective, from an Aboriginal perspective in the um, when Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander spaces first came into universities, they were called enclaves and this was in the 70s. Um, and um, because they were set up to be a safe space for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to come, um, particularly in education, like particularly coming into education degrees at that stage. Um, mm. And then in the mid-'80s, they became student support centres. Mm. And um, and so that language has, ca- has carried on and a lot of universities still use that language. Um, we were able to get the government to change the Commonwealth um, funding um from student support funding to student success funding um, a mm. few years ago, which was a really good move. Um, but I believe that um, if we if we use the language of support, what happens is that we um, exclude a number of students that actually yeah. come in yeah. feeling like like you know, well, I don't need to access that because um, I either don't feel that I need support in the traditional sense of support, or mm. um, or that um, I don't want to be seen to be um, like so there, be, there becomes a stigma around like you know being seen to access support when um, it, when in our space and I think in the broader like you know what traditionally have been support spaces again let's go back to the relationships um, is about relationships and it is about um, building um, intellectually engaging spaces where mm. any students should be able to thrive but again it's about building that sense of belonging and that sense of community so if we um, align our spaces to uh, around the language of support then I think that we're not actually truly reflecting what it is that um, we mm. represent within um, within institutions and so okay. I think that the, the, so the, instead of support, the language of engagement, the language of success um, and, um, and other language that represents um, that community, um, that building of community and belonging um, is language that we should be concentrating on. I love that, and I um I'm gonna I'm gonna mark this point in the podcast to make sure my team comes back and listens to this uh, as well because I think there's a bunch that we can we can uh, adopt in the way that we talk about what we do as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Okay, and we're coming up to the end of the podcast, and I want to finish off with um with the question of you know for students who are about to uh, or will be start kicking off at Macquarie in, in the near near term. What's some advice or encouragement that you would love to give them? You know, what would you want them to know? Um, I think, like, I, I think along the lines of what we've been talking about. I think for students coming to Macquarie or coming to any institution, um, it, it's really important that um, that they um, that they feel that they can engage and engage with other students, engage mm. with um, clubs and societies engage with the different um the, the different cohorts that are accessible to them um and um and i think that like you know a lot of the time we talk about we just focus on academic transition but um but as i've said it's so much more than that and um a university experience um is made a lot more positive and successful from the relationships that you can form 
And I always say to our students and I say to my children, like, you know, you can never have enough networks. Mm. Um, like, you know, you, you never know when those networks are going to come back around later on. Um, and, um, and so building, building a community is, um, is really important for students. Don't just let it be an academic journey where you come, go to class, go home, like, you know, um, it become part of the community and build your community, build your own community. Um, mm. I think that I, I've, I've been speaking to um, one of my colleagues who's um, the professor of Indigenous Studies and the head of Department of Indigenous Studies in the last few days, actually, and we've been talking about um, the focus on employability um, that the government has at the moment and therefore that universities have. And that, that's really important, but universities should be providing so much more than just a focus on employability. It's They should be um, developing um, developing future leaders that are entrepreneurs and that um, that are critical thinkers and that are um, a, a, like you know understand social justice and can, can contribute to being leaders in our future world not so much in targeting for a, one career but yeah. being yeah. like you know being global thinkers and um, and social thinkers and so um, so I think that's important for mm. students to realise that it's so much more than just coming to university um, to transition into one career. It's about who you can be personally and what you can contribute to the local, national and global space. Totally, totally. And with that, we are going to call the podcast. Uh, so for everybody listening, uh, thank you very much. This has been another episode of the Champions Coffee podcast. And Leanne, thank you so much for having coffee with me today and sharing your stories, your advice and your visions. Uh, thank Thanks, you so man. much. Thank you. And um, for everybody who is listening, if you would like to check out other episodes of the Champions po- Coffee podcast, you can either go to the Vargo LinkedIn page or you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever it is, and you can go subscribe to the Champions Coffee podcast there. Thank you very much. Thank you, Leanne. Thanks, Ben.